terms of symbology, what is at stake? It is a big idea, a new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. And welcome to another exciting week of Skywatchers Radio. Greetings and salutations to all listening, all fellow Skywatchers out there all over the globe. Uh, it's always uh, fun having you guys listen to us, but hopefully you, you contact us this week because we have an exciting show this April 9th, 2014. Uh, broadcasting, as always, from New Logic Studios down here in Miami, Florida. I am Angel with my co-host, Alan. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I am doing amazing tonight, even though I'm not in the normal time zone. Where yeah, are you this evening? This weekend, this weekend or this week so far, I am in Portland, Oregon. And I'll Ooh, tell you, boy. That's awesome. it rains here. It really, really rains. You know, it it's funny because it was raining all day here in Florida today. In Miami. It was raining all day. Really? All day. But raining. I'll tell you what, I get to, as I was coming here, I actually got to see Mount Rainier. Uh, that oh, was really nice. cool. And you know That's why Mount cool. Rainier is important to us in ufology, right? Uh, yes, but enlighten the crowd. Oh, well, don't forget, that was where the first major, I keep on forgetting his name, pilot in the 1940s saw all those cool flying saucers. Kenneth, Kenneth Arnold. Thank you, Kenneth Arnold. There we go. I had to whisper it to him. They, you know, one day they're going to call me the UFO whisperer. Kenneth Arnold. Really? I, I'd like to see you whisper to a UFO so we can catch it on video. And that would really, be really funny. Press. You know, you somebody who your gets... show the... The alien whisper, and you're going to you talk go. to Carlos and Jose and Juan. Just no, as see, that's not cool, man. Those are like those are like <laughs> illegal aliens. We're talking about aliens, extraterrestrials. Aliens, aliens are aliens, man. Aliens well, you know, are aliens. They are illegal, no matter what planet they come from. Uh, you know, somebody who is uh, no stranger to extraterrestrials uh, will be with us with us tonight, uh, Alejandro Rojas. And guess who he's bringing oh, out yeah. with him? He's bringing what? Who? Guess who he's bringing with him? Uh, he's bringing the the guy Paul from the movie with Simon Pegg. Cl no, close, but no. He's <laughs> he's bringing Jason McClellan with him. Uh, his uh, news co-host on Open Minds Radio, which is cool. I've never had Jason on any other shows. Oh yeah, uh, you know, cool yeah. guy. I love what he does with uh, Alejandro on the show. I mean, they're they're great together. Oh yeah, they got a great show so. and a great website too. I will never knock them. Really, really, yeah. really cool. We, we just need someone to do because... a weekly video, not a yeah. audio cast. That's what we really got to do. Well, you know, I would never knock him because we get most of our stories weekly from Open Minds TV. Oh, the website. do we? So a lot of our stories come from the. Yeah, these guys do. I mean, they've been posting on there for a long time, for years now, really. Uh, different stories. I mean, we're talking about they have like thousands of stories they've covered over the years. Thousands. Well. 
Well, they've got a proven track record, to say the least, yeah. Yeah, no can I mean, you know the history. Uh, Alejandro, as we said last time uh, he was on the show here, he was really the inspiration for me to get into radio early on in 2008, uh, 2008, 2009, around there. I first heard Okay, who's the inspiration the that we should use to get you off? That's what I want to know. Well, actually, uh, that would probably be Phil Hendry, because he's kind of upset with me right now. Uh, why? What what happened now? I don't re- I don't really know. That's the problem. But this is not the show for that. We'll talk about that. Well, maybe uh, we should get him time. to call in and explain. Uh, you know, I don't know if he will. He's a little mad at me. You know, Phil. Uh, he's friends with George Rodriguez, who I'm good buddies with uh, at SoFlo, and uh, I've known Phil online and stuff because of my association with George and what I do on the network over there. And you know, we were friends on Facebook and everything, and then he just one day banned me and deleted me. I have no idea why, but uh, Phil, I love you, man, but I don't know what's going on with Phil Hendry. Uh, he's kind of upset at me. I don't know. Uh, I won't have to, like, square it away, away with him, so. But, uh, anyway, well, moving on. Moving on. Hey, you know, it is what it is. That's it. It is know? what it is. He's, he's a little, he's a little, uh, Upset. I don't know why. But anyway, Jason well, McClellan and Alejandro Rojas are going to be on the show, so it doesn't matter who's upset at me. You know, these guys are awesome. Um, I'm excited about uh, not only having them on, but some of the stuff that we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes, Alan. Um, pretty interesting stuff, especially the first news that I want to get to. Uh, this is uh, really, really uh, interesting just because of where it takes place. You know, an artificial light shining somewhere, not a big deal. But when oh, it's on um, Mars... Yeah, that one, yeah, that's that's like... Come on, I'm, I'm just like, come on, JPL, wigger yourself out of this. This come is on. on Mars, everybody. Now, we're talking about it. NASA photo uh, that shows an artificial light on Mars, and some are saying uh, and calling it an alien beacon. Now, I'm going to post the I don't know uh, if I call link. it an alien beacon. I think someone actually left their flashlight on. Um, I don't know which. Well, which, uh, what, who would it be? Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you this: based on the light levels in the background and the solidity, I guess is the best way to phrase it, of this light source. Um, I gotta say, I am more than shocked and impressed with what they're showing out on the net. Um, this is really, really something that I find um, inconclusive. I have no idea what it is, and I don't think anybody else does know what it is yet. But what was really, really interesting is, is apparently, according to the news articles that are out there, um, one camera caught it and the other camera didn't. Well, that in itself is interesting. You think it could be like a some kind of a camera trick or some kind of a freak effect that just happened? I, I, I've got no clue. I really, really don't. Uh, I'm just like... Uh, um, I'm it's really, a, really confused with it. I mean, it could it could be some kind of a you know image error in the processing. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how the Curiosity uh, images work and are sent uh, back to NASA. I haven't really researched that part of it too well. Um, but it look, it, I've seen a lot of stuff on Mars over the years. Um, there's a documentary called uh, um, the Red Planet, um, the Red, um, the Red Planet, or something like that. But it's a documentary about Mars and about cities on Mars. I'll find out the exact name later and I'll post it, but uh, it's about cities and civilizations uh, supposedly on Mars, and they show you parts on Mars that are taken from JPL images and stuff, and uh, you can see like buildings and structures and all kinds of stuff on Mars. Uh, well, you know, I've we... gone through this with you with that with that. Uh, what, last month was it, or two months ago, about those Mars photos where it actually looks like a head and it looks like a column that was split in half. You know, we were right. talking about that too. 
Um, and that took me a minute, by the way. That took me that took me a minute to really like see it. Like I didn't see it right off the bat. What it, the column or yeah. you know everybody sees the face, but you don't see that. It looks like it's a column tipped over, and there's cracks in the. It, it was just too smooth of a cut. I didn't. This thing, on the other hand, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, well, I didn't see the face at first. Remember, I didn't see the face, but you no, know, this thing. Um, I mean, this is unmistakable. This is a light shining in the distance. I mean, you can't you know mistake this. Uh, whether it was there and they actually took a picture of the light there, or maybe in processing something happened and there was some kind of glitch or error. Um, you know, it, anything could be the answer to this. But it, you know. I don't know if uh, NASA has replied back uh, to some of the uh, people talking about this, but this is what the article actually says. Check this out. I'm going to read uh, part of it here. It says, I'm just saying right now, I do not call Photoshop and Batsquatch. Yeah, I don't call Batsquatch on this one either. I, I really, really, really don't. Um, look, I'm going to read this out real quick. The Curiosity rover scanning the surface of Mars took a photo of what looks like an artificial light flaring up. The rover was investigated uh, at the Kimberley. Um, that's, I guess, investigating the Kimberley. That's the area called. Uh, it's called. It's uh, an area uh, thought to have been uh, particularly condu- uh, conducive to life at one time. Okay. The photo taken last uh-huh. week has excited UFO uh, bus like us. It says here, bad astronomy uh, blogger Phil Pliet on the other hand, said that it's probably just a cosmic ray, subatomic particles in space that are blocked by our atmosphere on Earth, can interfere with the cameras in space, leaving such spots, he said. International Space Station astronaut Don Pettit wrote about seeing flashes from cosmic rays on his blog before, and he says, and I quote... Yeah, 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 but, you know, yeah, I gotta mention, I gotta say to you, man, if it's cosmic rays, it's going through the air, it's also gonna usually be at a direct, odd angle. This is weird, yeah, because this is is like a little light just coming off the ground. Yeah, you know, I'm calling it... Yeah, I'm calling it like I see it. I think this is real deal of some type of a light anomaly. Now, it's is swamp it gas. It's just some swamp gas, guys. That's that nothing it? to yeah, see yeah. here. This is intergalactic swamp gas. Hang on, hang on. Gas. I think I got the men in black knocking at my door because I'm talking about this. Hang on, hang on. Well, let me no, read no. the quote here. It says here, in space, and I'm going to quote it here. It says, in space, I see things that are not there. Flashes in my eyes like uh, luminous dancing fairies uh, give a subtle display of light that is easy to overlook when I'm consumed by normal tasks. But in the dark confines of my sleep station uh, with the the droopy eyelids of uh, pending sleep, I see flashing fairies as I drift off. I wonder how many can dance on the head of an orbital pin. That's a direct quote. It that's, depends how much he's smoking, that's for sure. I, the dude is definitely smoking something. Now, since NASA yeah, has, I'm in Portland. Not, certain things are legal here, you know? Yeah, not here in Florida. But for I mean, no, recreational purposes. <laughs> not yet, anyway. NASA has not yet released a statement on the flash itself, so I guess, yeah, like I said earlier, they haven't really said anything. Uh, photos of the same spot were taken by two separate cameras from one uh, camera on the rover's right side and the other on its left side. Uh, the images from the cameras on the left side do not show the flash as those on the right side actually do show the flash. So that's in itself interesting. That's what I was saying. Yeah, that, I mean, it, like like I said, look, it could be anything. It could be just a, a glitch. Now, it could be light- sun flare. It could be, you know, it could be swamp gas. It could be. Now, here's the interesting question that NASA has not answered. Are they using the left side and the right side to do some type of stereoscopic 3D mm. kind of a depth perception thing that they're doing? Or are they timed in sync with each other? I mean, 
you know, if it's one second off, for all we know, that's it, you know. Um, you know, they saw us, they shut the switch off. I don't know. Here's another That's a good point. I mean, stop, right? that's, that's an excellent point. If, the you know, the images are not taken at the exact precise same time, if they're a second off, they could easily just turn the switch on and off. I mean, that could happen in a split second. So one could take the picture right. with it, and the other one could, without it, yeah, I mean... Very you know, the only other thought that I can think of that might be this. I don't. I call bull Twinkies on the cosmic ray theory uh, because this is, like I said, too much of a right 90-degree angle straight up or straight down uh, on the uh, surface here. The only other thing I might think of, maybe even though it's not an angle, the only hypothetical that I'd throw out is possibly that it's maybe a meteor strike coming down, but straight down, eh, not so much. Well, as a Doctor Who fan, it kind of looks like the TARDIS uh, leaving, if you know what I mean. No, I don't. I disagree because the TARDIS doesn't give off light. <laughs> no, actually, sometimes well, it kind of does a little bit. No, the it doesn't. New, Come on. The, check the out, newer episodes check your it disappears, but it, it's, it, 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 you know, it, it, it gives off a little bit of light. Yeah, but we does. don't hear the wheezing sound. Actually, that's a good question. Are there microphones on the rover? That's a I've great question. I've always about that. That's a good question. I'm sure, you know, there might be no sound in space, but on Mars there has to be sound. So I'm pretty sure that they I mean, the atmosphere with something. You know, there is, there is a very, very thin atmosphere. I'm wondering if we could hear wind or anything like that. So or they tell the us. Right. Well, so they tell us that there's no microphone. I'm curious to find out that, right. you know, it's like they, ha- they have the um, – they have the microphone, and they're hearing all the animals rustling in the background behind the camera. And every time they turn, you hear them giggling because they walk around the rover to the other side. Mm. I still want to know how the rover got cleaned years ago. Remember a few years ago when uh, it was all dirty and they thought they had lost contact with it? And all of a sudden, it miraculously like cleaned itself, and nobody could figure out how that happened? Uh, yeah, that was a little bit on the odd side as well, too. But hmm. I think someone just walked over and brushed it off and, you know, put it right back upside and, you know, just let it keep on going. I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's really in the middle of the, um, of the desert here somewhere. Um, I'm sorry. I know it's on Mars, I, you know, plain and simple, but, you know, I don't know. My, my whole thing is, is that what let's, let's phrase this properly. My personal opinion is is that, yes, we do have the public eye looking at the Mars rover, but I personally believe that there might be – there might have been and currently are active manned missions to Mars that are black budget or being done by other people. I have no doubt that we've been to Mars already. No, and I mean manned mission. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's so many black budget projects that are going on. We have no idea what they're really up to. I mean, we absolutely really don't know what they're what they're doing. And, and look, I, I'm the first one to say yes. I believe there's aliens coming to this planet. It's probably been happening since the beginning of mankind's history. Uh, but, but a lot of the stuff that you see in the skies, folks, are not alien aircrafts. They're our own black budget. Aircraft. In fact, we talked about one uh, on the last show we did. Um, yep. And that is not alien. I mean, that is just something that we've been working on. We have so many black budget projects going on. And I mean, what do you think the money goes to? Really, all your tax money. It ain't the four hundred dollar toilet seat. I'll tell you that. Exactly. It really isn't. So, uh, you know, I'm positive, Alan, that we've been to Mars on men missions we have people over there on Mars. I am positive we have, you know, uh, vehicles that can travel right 
out of our uh, solar system and maybe even to our nearest galaxy and, and not such well, a, I, 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 a crazy I amount of time. I, I, I'm not sure if, honestly, we have the ships and the vehicles to do outer solar uh, travel, but would someone from another world rent it to us or loan it to us? Maybe. But do we have our own vehicles that could go to Mars and back and Europa and back and Saturn and back? Yeah, I'm thinking we got them. I don't know well, about outside the solar system. I think I think we're just not there yet, or at least um, I don't think we have the ships that do that. Do we have I think technology? we have... We might have the technology, but we haven't probably tested that far out, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we probably I don't have think technology it's our technology, some... then. Oh, no, it's definitely not our technology, by no means. I, you know, uh, Look, whether you believe that Roswell happened or not, uh, there's a very good chance that we have back-engineered alien aircraft at some point in the history of this planet. And if we are looking for life on the solar system, Alan, Mars is a great place to look for it because I'm pretty sure there's some stuff there we're going to find if we haven't already. But, you know, there's an article here about Saturn's moon also being a possible place to look for Mars. One of its moon, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the name, but I think it's called, it's pronounced Enclidius. I have no idea how to pronounce it. If anybody yeah. does know how to pronounce it, by the way, please call in and pronounce it for us. Inci- the number, Inci- by the way, is? So, oh, yeah, it's 786-245-8127. That's the uh, call number. Also look us up on uh, Skype, PSN Radio. By the way, I did post the other article on our uh, Facebook account, so if you guys want to check that out, facebook.com forward slash skywatchersradio. And... You know, just because uh, I don't say it enough, go to skywatchersradio.com and check out all the podcasts for the show. Every podcast we've ever done is on there, even when we had different hosts on the show. In, in yeah, we've got some really great speakers on so, some of them, too. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff on there. Um, in fact, one of uh, Alejandro's old, you know, radio buddies, uh, Jesse Randolph, is uh, an original host of Skywatchers Radio, and uh, you can hear some of his stuff on there, Jesse, from Euphonaut Radio fame. So, um Check that out, skywatchersradio.com. Now, moving on to this article I wanted to get to. <clears throat> Check this out. It says, looking for alien life? Well, try Saturn's moon in Cletus. I guess that's, that's what I'm going with. Now, it says here, if you, want to be, if you want to bet on finding alien life in our solar system, forget about Mars. The likely home of E.T., or at least his microbial relatives, is moving farther and farther out. First to Jupiter, and now to Saturn. Now, it is 20 years since the uh, astrobiology the specialty that, or the speciality that deals with unearthly life uh, turned its attention to Europa, a moon on Jupiter, which, of course, there's even right. a movie called, you know, the Europa Report, which is a great movie. Check that out. Oh, um, my God. I finally finished watching that. Wow. What a great movie. Right? And it's an like, independent, low-budget movie, but they did a bang-up job with that movie. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Folks, if you have a chance to watch that movie, um, it is very, very... True to realistic possibility. Yeah. Uh, that's the best way I could say it. No sci-fi in it, really sci-fact uh, yeah. about how it would be done, how we'd do it, uh, how we'd go about coping with it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was just like, wow, that just and dropped my And the possible jaw. outcome if it's a negative result of us going up there. Uh, it's a brilliant little movie. Uh, again, Europa Report, well, only, everybody only, check that out. And, and, you know, that's not the only possible negative outcome. You know, we don't want to spoil it for everybody. I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, 
we are all thinking with all the UFOs that we have in the sky here that we're visited by advanced technological races. There are other there's other evolutionary possibilities where they never got the ability to be spaceborne or space flight. Right. You know, they, you know, they they for all we know, um, you know, you well, know, what do they call it? Here, here, well, here's the thing about that. We don't we don't really see enough of what it is, and I don't want to again get into spoilers here, but uh, we don't get to see enough of what the uh, thing is that they you know that they find up there uh, to really know whether it was at any point space bearing or not. I mean, uh, it's really limited to what they show us because it is kind of documentary style a lot of it. Uh, so you only get to a certain point, and you know, once the action is done, it's done. Uh, but again, it's a, a well. Brilliant here's an movie. interesting question. I- here, let me throw you for a loop here for that NASA photo. What happens if it's a bioluminescent being that we are seeing in that NASA uh, JPL photo? Then he must be really fast because he's not in one picture and he's in the other. So, well, you know, there are fish that are uh, that are bioluminescent in the deep oceans, and they only become bioluminescent for short periods of time, or when they choose to or not to, to lure or scare away a prey or a predator. Do you think uh, this thing from that far away thought the uh, rover was the predator? Probably I don't not. know. Maybe there was something else coming closer to it that we can't see in the background that was either trying to lure something over or scare something away. It I don't know. Kind of, I don't have all the answers. You know, it's starting to look like uh, like some kind of a weird scene out of like Mortal Kombat. Okay, explain that one to me. Somebody did like you know one of the uh, fatalities, and that's like the like- glowing effect. With a fatality, it's like Dragon Ball Z going Hadouken, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, let me uh, finish this uh, this story here. But it says Europa, <clears throat> the uh, moon of Jupiter, like I said, that appears to have an icy surface, uh, has been obviously one of the many places that NASA and a lot of scientists have been talking about going to. But after the spacecraft Galileo visited in 1995, scientists speculated that the tidal forces resulting from its slightly eccentric orbit um, around Jupiter might have actually created a liquid layer deep beneath the surface, which is what the movie talks about also. Uh, then came another icy rock in Caladius. Again, that's right. what I'm going with. The sixth largest of Saturn's moons. Uh, dude, Saturn has 62 moons. That's bizarre. That's crazy. But it's the uh, largest of the 62 moons up there. Uh, <clears throat> the Cassini spacecraft, ha- spacecraft has made several flybys since 2005. It discovered plumes of water vapor erupting into space from long fractures around the South Pole called Tiger Stripes. Such uh, eruptions are called... But here's the question. You just said earlier that you think you're going to find humanoid life in this solar system, correct? Well, not so much humanoid life, but life, bipedal life maybe, animal life. Well, hold on, uh, hold on. You said life like us. You said life like uh, us. Like us, animal life. We're all animals on this planet, my friend. Even plants Okay, what about silicon-based life forms? What about Possibly? the nanotech that we're dealing with? What about all Could of that? Oh, you know, you know, they've been proven to make. You know, in science labs, they're making silicon-based um, life forms uh, that can eat, provide energy, absorb other things, and divide cellularly. Uh, that's life. Uh, you know, our definition of life is not uh, the only definition of life out there. Guys, uh, we're almost out of time here for the first uh, segment of the show. We're, we're about to go on break in a couple minutes. We have Jason McClellan and uh, Alejandro Rojas uh, going to be with us in a couple minutes here. Uh, we had we went dark there for a second, uh, or maybe like a minute, I think, because Alan over here, uh, his Skype dropped. And uh, when that happens, 
has all kind of nasty effects on our system here. Yeah, uh, sorry so about try, that. That's try not that's to have it happen again. Okay, fine. That's because of the hotel <laughs> that I'm in. By the way, does anybody want to talk about the deer and headlights UFO thing? Let's, you know what? Let's, re- let's get to that one real quick. In fact, I'm going to post this article in case anybody wants to read more on uh, the 62 moons and uh, the possibility of life on one of these moons. Uh, I'm going to post that um, on Saturn's 62 moons. I'm going to post that on our uh, Facebook account. Sorry, I got Keith talking to me on one end, and I'm trying to post something on the other end. And then I got Jason and uh, Alejandro on the wings waiting to come on the show here in a couple minutes. But let's talk about that article, because I know that uh, we had a bunch of articles, and we kind of ranted on for a bit there, and and then your connection dropped. Uh, so Sorry about uh, that. I'm still, by the way, see. hyped on this NASA thing with – I'm still – I'm like, JPL screwed up. They put photos out there. I'm still really high on that one. I think this light source on Mars is going to be something that's going to blow the lid off of everything. But well, here, I, po- I posted the last two articles on our uh, Facebook account. I'm going to post this one also. You want to read the uh, deer and headlights ones? Because this is actually really cool. Um, you, know, I don't, you know, I'm reading the thing about the deer and headlights, but um, I found another conflicting option of what it might have been. If anybody hasn't seen it at all yet, there's a video of a trail cam uh, in Jackson County, Mississippi, where you're actually looking at a deer, looking at the trail cam, and then you're seeing two glowing lights and an orby kind of thing actually in the background casting light sneaking up on this deer. Now, this is done over a couple of different frames as well, too, because obviously the deer's movement is actually ca- – every time you move, it snaps a picture. Um, but you know, the owner of the property has clearly stated that there, these two light orbs and anomalies cannot be a vehicle because there are no trails over there a vehicle can get through. It's all shrubbery and brush. So I don't know. It's, you know someone also said that you know, to debunk this that it actually is probably one of those Yahoo, Billy Ray, Bim. Jim Bob kind of thing with a big pickup truck and he's got the headlights up on top and that's just his headlights up on top that's what it is you know what I'm saying that's what the debunkers are saying but me I'm not so sure because usually when you have um, headlights on when you're driving at night when you're out hunting um, usually you have your lower headlights that are actually attached to the car on as well as the headlights that are above as well too that's a good Does that point. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, by the way, folks, if you have any questions or opinions on this, go ahead and give us a call. Do a call in, and the number, by the way, is or one more. You got to learn this number. You got to stop relying on me because uh, you know I'm doing a billion <laughs> things here. But it's seven eight six two four five. Look, 786-245-8127. Call in. Anyway, we're about to go on break. We have Jason and Alejandro on the wings waiting. Uh, I hate to keep them waiting any longer. So let's just go on break. We'll be back on the other side. Guys, call in. Open lines. If you want to talk to the Open Minds Radio crew, they're going to be on the show. So call in, talk to them, ask them questions, or call in and ask us any questions. Either way, we'll be right back on the other side in about three minutes. Being t- 
tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey girl, school zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night, hearing voices while you're trying to sleep? Well, it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. It might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. 
We're rewarding you for something you already do, listening to us. It's Radio Loyalty, and it's an easy way for you to get free stuff. All you do is sign up. Go ahead and click the banner now. You'll earn points as you listen, points you can trade in for great products and services in the Radio Loyalty store. You can earn even more points when you share your favorite station with friends on Facebook and Twitter. Radio Loyalty, it's free to sign up, so click the banner to join now. All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio right here on Dark Matter Radio Network and on PSN Radio. With us, like we said earlier, we have the cast of Open Minds Radio, Mr. Alejandro Rojas and Jason McClellan. Welcome, guys, to Skywatchers Radio. Thank you very much. Hello, hello. Good to be here. Uh, Alejandro, it's always uh, fun hearing your voice, my friend. How have you guys been uh, the last couple of weeks? Good. Busy as usual, but but Good. You know, I I just uh, heard the last episode you guys did. Of course, we we have your show uh, leading into Skywatchers on PSN, and uh, the show you guys did with uh, the Mirage Men, um, the guys who wrote the Mirage Men and uh, put the uh, the film out. Uh, great story. I want to start with that. I mean, a great interview, by the way, Alejandro. Really, really cool you. interview. Um, you know, how, you know, covering that story. What do you think of that story? Do you think uh, that there's any validity to uh, what they're saying in that film? Well. I think like I told them, I really feel that this is one of the most important stories in ufology because yep. um, I think it's kind of the low-hanging fruit as far as if we're going to prove the Air Force uh, did involve itself in disinformation, this would be the case I think where we could do it. And uh, not only that, I think that uh, if they did, then of course that has implications itself, uh, why they would do that, you know, uh, that kind of thing. However, I'm not so sure. I don't know. I kind of at this point, um, I guess just to give a, a background for people who didn't hear the show, uh, Mirage Men is mostly interviews with this guy named Richard Doty who worked for Air Force Office of Special Investigation in the 80s. During that period of time, right when he came on with uh, a Air Force OSI, he uh, began to be part of a disinformation campaign uh, with a guy named Benowitz who was a contractor for with Kirtland Air Force Base in New Mexico and said he was seeing UFOs and aliens above the base. Uh, he had enough pool where he was able to make some noise on the base and they humored him. Uh, well, the official records, I did a FOIA on this, and the official records show they humored him and they told him, it's not really our cup of tea, uh, go away. Doty says, though, he was ordered to um, start a whole disinformation campaign. He worked with someone with the DIA and, and he... Um, so and then he worked with he recruited Bill Moore, who was you know kind of a superstar ufologist at the time, right. who just wrote the book uh, on Roswell with uh, Stanton Friedman's work. Of course, breaking the Roswell story, a lot of people don't know. Hmm. Nobody knew about Roswell till 1980 yep. uh, when this book came out, and uh, finally in 1989, uh, Bill Moore came clean on this whole thing. The whole time. You know, releasing information, uh, some of it being disinformation, and uh, the disinformation that stems from this period of time, and that's why it's important, is the Majestic 12 documents, the alleged Dulce base, uh, the aviary, all of these kind of cornerstone mythologies that have its basis in admitted 
disinformation uh, or possibly just completely hoaxed uh, background. So that's why it's really important. Uh, I think that really uh, – I'm going to post a letter that uh, I wrote to the Air Force kind of demanding that they respond, that they, they say something because either – Doty really was under orders, which of course is a, is a big deal because the things that he did are illegal. You can't run a campaign like this against an American citizen. Or two, he was doing it um, all on his own, but he was using Air Force and Kirtland resources, such as he brought Linda Moulton Howe to the base to tell her to show her some hoax documents and things like this. Um, so the Air Force knew about it, or or this guy did all of this. Uh, you know, telling Benowitz lie during the course of this, he he lied to some senators. Uh, so he did this while he was an OSI agent for the Air Force. So either way, I think the Air Force has to say something about it. And uh, it would be great if kind of people um, jumped on the bandwagon to to force them to do that because uh, it's a big deal. Not only that, people don't know the history. Everybody thinks Majestic 12 documents came out when this Shandera guy who was partners with Moore during this time that Moore was secretly working with Doty, um, that that's when the Majestic 12 documents came out. Not true. Uh, Majestic was part of this Doty thing from the beginning, uh, and uh, people don't know about that. So we're going to be writing a lot more about that also, but that's why this Mirage Men documentary is really important too. No, it, it looks amazing. I'm going to actually check it out as soon as I have a chance. But yeah. has Stan Friedman said anything about this yet? Because, I mean, he wrote he's part of the story. Yeah, that's interesting. Not many people have interviewed Stan Friedman because really right. this whole episode was a big embarrassment. When Bill Moore came out, it was a MUFON meeting and, and, and admitted to all of this. People got livid at Bill Moore. They wanted to forget he existed. They were really upset. Rightfully so. He was sharing right. information with the uh, Doty on ufologists and hoaxing information. There's no way to justify that, even though he likes to try to do that. He won't give interviews anymore, but uh, in the few that he has, he, he tries to justify it. And when he came out, he did. I personally don't see the justification. Neither did his colleagues in the UFO field. So he, he kind of uh, bowed out. Um, Stanton Friedman, I think because of the respect that people have for him, uh, he hasn't been interviewed very much i know that um um uh what's his name one of the roswell researchers uh randall um yeah randall i can't remember his first name right now but uh <laughs> not just kevin randall, kevin no. randall he, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, you know a lot of the when the majestic 12 documents came out funny enough the researchers at the time thought they were ridiculous for the most part, 80% of them. Kevin Randall was there, and he uh, always tells Friedman, well, why do you kind of gloss over the fact that uh, Doty is the one who uh, mentioned MJ-12 in a, a document he says he hoaxed? And uh, he never got a response from Stan. However, luckily, uh, you know, we have a good relationship with him, and I've, I've known him for years, and I, I would consider him a friend. So last time he came to the office, we did interview him. And we're putting together a video where we've interviewed a lot of the players uh, from that time, including Timothy Good, who, uh, at least in a public forum, was the first to release the MJ. Oh, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah, so we interviewed all of these guys. And Stanton admits, I asked him, well, wh how, did, how do you cope with that? And he says, right. I don't know. 
He really <laughs> kind of doesn't have an answer, and he says, he admits, I don't know. Uh, okay, can I throw out a question, by the way? Yeah, go ahead. Do it. All right. Now, with all these papers and everything that was done and all the hoaxing that might have been done, who do you think, which part of the government do you think really foot the bill for it to be done? And if someone was a paid disinfo person, where is the money trail? Where's the paper trail that incentivized him or her to make stuff up? Yeah, it's a good question. Great question, and we don't yeah. have any paper trail, which would lead the evidence actually, you know, there is no evidence to say that Doty was not doing this all by himself. John Alexander believes, or mm-hmm. at least uh, not as a, a part of his official function. Why would he do this by himself, though? I mean, that, that, that well, I, no I think that. Well, I think it makes a lot of sense in this field. I mean, unfortunately, as you all know, we have a well, lot of hoaxers in this yes, field. Yes, we do. Yeah, yes, they right need now. to sell more books. They need to not plug true. their books. <laughs> well, but that's not true. Most of the hoaxers are not selling anything. I mean, yeah. you look at a lot of these guys. Some of them are, uh, certainly. And I, I, I don't want to throw out names because I don't know who you guys feel are hoaxers and who are not. We'd probably oh, I'll, I'll, I, 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 look, I have no issues on uh, on calling out somebody who I think is a hoaxer, Michael Horn uh, or Billy Myers. But you know, let's not get too into name calling. But those are good. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll go there. I'll go there. Michael Horn. Uh, I don't think he's making a lot of money uh, really off of this. He's making some, and certainly by perpetuating all of this, because I agree with you, uh, he is making some money, but not really much money. I don't think enough to live off of. Uh, I know. Yeah, but Billy you also got to remember money off of this either. But they're getting well, notoriety. They're getting that's it. a following, and that's, that's what Doty has gotten. Doty is now this legend. I mean, especially cult following, when, my friend. Yeah, Doty's got this cult following. I yep. think that's why he did it. And in fact, I'm going to release a story soon. And I don't know that you can you can find somewhat of this story. All of this you can find bits and pieces all over the place. But Doty started doing this before he was with OSI. Mm. Um, and Moore had talked about this a bit. Bob Pratt had talked about this. Bruce Maccabee had investigated this. The biggest story, and so many of these old stories just get lost to obscurity, is one written by Bob Pratt where somebody wrote a hoax letter to the uh, National Enquirer. At the time, Bob Pratt was the UFO guy, and at the time, it was a reputable uh, newspaper where they would you mean follow they didn't down have things. Boy? They didn't have Bad Boy or anything like that. That's where Bat Squatch comes from. Bat Squatch comes from Bat Boy. Bob Pratt didn't print the story because he couldn't confirm any of it, and he found out it was a hoax. And uh, he even noted how he interviewed Doty and how Doty changed his story several times and had lied to him. Um, and so, why can we? Be- why can we believe him? Why, why should we believe him now? You can't. That's that's exactly. a that's great the thing. point. You can't believe him, so you just have to follow the paper trails, like Alan had brought up. Uh, you have to follow the documentary, the documented uh, information that we have. You have to put together the story of people like Bill Pratt or Timothy Good uh, or others who Stan Friedman who were there and were involved. So you have to grab all of these pieces and parts from all over the place and put them together and try to figure something out. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of what we know about these stories or a lot of what's been put out there thus far has been interviews with Doty and Moore, and I personally don't feel that we can put much stock in in what either of these uh, – you can't trust that they'll be completely honest. 
with all these pieces of the puzzle, is there one clear picture being made from it? There's a clear picture that uh, that that the the hoaxing happened. That uh, MJ12, Dulce, Aviary, all of those. All that's a hoax. All of those stem from this this uh, incident, uh, and so you have a clear picture of all of this that these two senators were lied to. That's officially documented. Uh, that Benowitz went crazy because they tried to make him believe it was aliens and everything. That was their goal. He did. He wrote uh, a lot of stuff. He worked with um, some ufologists and fell out with a lot of them because, and eventually had to be put into a mental institute. And when he but came out Bill of State it, but the Bill State base existed, correct? No, there's no. Well, there at least in this, Doty says that he wanted Benowitz to believe that. People don't even know the history of Dulce. Dulce comes from Benowitz. Benowitz okay, but hang on, didn't Jesse Ventura on? Hang on, didn't Jesse Ventura on his show before it got killed off find the Dulce base and well, do I'm sorry, view of it? Bubble, but uh, you can't believe everything you see on TV, and especially <laughs> when it comes to his show. I mean, they're so produced. And I don't know, I'm sure Jason, because he's on TV right now on this Hangar 1, but uh, he's, he, we've both been on other shows. Uh, and Jason could definitely share with you that, you know, you can't – these things are so produced. The facts are tweaked and and manipulated. Um, ratings, I, ratings, I, I ratings. I personally went into research exactly. and say at first, and it led back to Doty, interesting enough, because I've had a fascination huh. with this case forever – but I, when I, I lived in Colorado, I've been to Dulce, I've interviewed the people who, and spoken to people who have spent many times there, uh, t- much time there. I've spoken to Gabe Val- Valdez, who is a police officer, state police officer in New Mexico. He actually does believe there's some sort of base there. He doesn't believe it's extraterrestrial in nature, but he believes that there was possibly some cattle mutilation going on there. Um, but uh, he says he can't share any evidence that he has in relation to this, so kind of a dead end there. Um, that reminds me, whatever happened, to the UFO, whatever happened to the cattle mutilations, there's really not been that much news of it, except for very, very recently that uh, was shown to me uh, the other day. Um, why did that whole mutilation flap get stopped or changed or whatnot? Who well, it's not necessarily the case. I mean, it does yeah. happen. It just doesn't get covered a lot, and it's not like it happens all the time. And a hundred cows are dead here, and a hundred cows are dead there. You know, it's a couple cows here, a couple cows there. So if you get a handful in a year, that's pretty normal. So there, there were, uh, I don't know, probably probably a good handful or two handfuls uh, in 2013. Uh, really, and. Chuck Zukowski is really the one who does the best investigation on that. And that's the problem. You know, a lot of times when ranchers find dead cattle, they say this sucks and they move on. You know, they right. deal with it. But I mean, how many, how many of them actually go forward, really? I mean, some of them don't want the kind of stigma that comes along with finding these kind of uh, cattles mutilated like this. I mean, Right. And I'm sure you run into the issue as well. You know, if you do see something that seems a little askew, you know, so, no blood, mysterious circumstances when you have dead cattle. Maybe you tell the local authorities and maybe they go, huh, that's pretty bizarre. But do they go beyond that? Probably in most cases, no. So in a place like Colorado where Chuck Zukowski is, you know, he 
people, he's, he's made a good name for himself. So if people have a feeling that there's b- bizarre circumstances surrounding the death of uh, one of their cattle, they can mm-hmm. research and they'll find he's there. He'll come and actually do an investigation because he knows what to look for. He knows what to do. You don't always have those resources in other places of the country. And why is it only primarily in America? You really don't hear about it even from these other parts of the world, too. I mean, you don't see a flying saucer with Outback Steakhouse flying by anywhere, uh, you know, branded on it. Um, I'm just trying to figure uh, out. Who even knows? I mean, uh, really, we don't even know if it's aliens that are taking the cattle. For all we know, it could be some government uh, program. Well, that's what Gabe Valdez believes. So. Uh, yeah. And, and because, really, it, there were a lot of them, uh, a big rash of them in the 70s. Um, and uh, that's how Benowitz actually got involved with UFOs and aliens. He went to investigate that. Uh, so did Gabe Valdez. So did Senator um, Harrison Schmidt, which is one of the senators who tried to help Benowitz out or at least was kind of friendly with him. But uh, there was a big rash then in the United States, uh, mostly in New Mexico, uh, or kind of around the Dulce area. Uh, uh-huh. But- uh-huh. And that's why Gabe Valdez thought that there was something to uh, there being a base there. But um, you're right. It hasn't been as frequent, but it, it does happen in other countries. Brazil has had a yeah. lot. South America has had some. I think it was last year or the year before uh, there were uh, some in the U.K., including um, sheep. There mm-hmm. were a lot of sheep mutilated. So it does Actually, the, fir- the first cow mutilation that I heard about was in Europe. So Really? Yeah, that, I mean, it was a long time ago, but it was a European cow they found. Uh, so it does happen in a lot of parts of the world. But again, how many people actually come forward because if they see what happened to the cow and they know anything about this, uh, a lot of people might not want to come forward just because they don't want to deal with whatever the stigma comes along with, uh, you know, being involved with cow mutilation or ufology or UFOs or whatever that is. Um, going back to this, uh, this story with Mirage Men, though, uh, you know, I don't know how much we can believe Dottie on this. I don't know how much we can believe in this story. But where do we? You know, where are we if all this turns out to be true? I mean, what what's the the next step now? Because this means that a lot of what we believe to be true is you know it's uh, BS. So where does that leave us? Well, when it comes to um, a lot of this this information, so for instance, the Aquarius document, this teletype, was the first document that uh, Doty had given to Benowitz. He said he had faked this. Um, he uh, created this in 1980. William Moore said, you know, he was given it to give to um, Benowitz. So this is a piece of disinformation he had passed along. He knew that it wasn't true. Uh, it was then given to Benowitz. Uh, and that document, we know, was made uh, around 1980. Uh, it talks about Project Aquarius, MJ-12. At the time, this document said MJ-12 was working for NASA, and NASA was holding all the information. All of this stuff has morphed over time, if you look at these documents, uh, as they tried to get it better and better. Uh, But the problem is we know that document came out in 1980. This is the first year, or it was created in 1980. This is the first year that Doty was working for Air Force OSI. So... This guy, in his first year working for OSI, is being told the biggest secrets that the government has, and then he goes and he shares it with a ufologist? That makes hmm. zero sense. That yeah, I, 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 I mean, and that's the history of MJ-12. That is where it 
the was first shared with someone in the public, and so um, that really lends, you know, sheds a lot of doubt. And this isn't Doty's word. We've got then Benowitz who had the document. You have more. Um, plus, it's just it's documented in in a couple books. This document, uh, you know, prior to the Shandera Eisenhower document, which everybody thinks is the first document that came out. So um, it's got a, a solid history, some of this. So it's not just Doty's word we're relying on, because certainly you can't trust, trust just his word. Yeah, you really can't. Uh, so, I mean, we're, again, where will we be left off if it turns out to be true, though? Let's just say it is true. I mean, what I does that mean for the overall off. picture? Uh, well, the overall picture is that uh you know you not everybody in the UFO field knows about MJ, I mean newbies aren't as into MJ12 and some of these other things so it doesn't affect them as much um but for the rest of us I mean it just comes down to you you got to do your research and unfortunately mm. the old dogs in the the uh they brush this this whole affair under the table because it's uncomfortable, uh, but they've kind of left everybody out to hang. Uh, Robert Hastings writes about this a, a lot. He wrote about not too long ago in the Upstate it called uh, Bird Droppings, um, <laughs> talking about this whole event in the aviary and all of this. Uh, so he's been trying to get the word out in it for, for years about the origins of all this stuff uh, and a couple others have but others have kind of brushed this under the table and uh, you know it's it's people got to we've got to be honest about the origins it's fun to believe in this stuff and that's oh, yeah. why yeah. you know the I want to believe you know Mulder's poster is so right. um, perfect for a lot of this field because a lot of people want to believe so bad that uh, they don't want to look at, you know, the evidence. Uh, facts, right. I mean, what, what does that say about us as human beings, though? That we just, you know, we, we're easy to lead into any kind of uh, nonsense like this? Really? Well, Cause... how many, and, and I got to, I'm, I'm an agnostic, um, you know, I, so to me, I look at it and say, how many people it's believe like religion. in yeah. a religion? You know, yeah. tons of people believe in a religion. Some of them, uh, at least, you know, Christianity, Judaism, uh, things like that, they go back thousands of years. They're still pretty wild, pretty crazy supernatural stuff. But uh, then you look at some of these newer religions, Mormonism. Uh, oh, that's some wild and, stuff I right mean, there. So <laughs> it's, it's all pretty wild. And so... Yeah. Uh, if it, and I'm sorry for if you're a religious person, you really have no uh, uh, place Clue. criticize oh. yeah. people who believe in other wild things uh, because you yourself are, are basing a lot of the, this stuff off of faith. So it's yeah. just something that humans seem to do. And I wish you know we would all replace our "I want to believe" posters with "I want to know" posters. And um, <laughs> just because That's you've seen great, a yeah. UFO and you know I, I, I'm, UFOs I'm are getting real, out the Photoshop now and. I'm, 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 you, know, you send That'd me the right, that would be awesome. You send you me the right that, UFO picture. You know something? You send me the right UFO picture. Um, I will happily. I got a printer that could do it. I like that idea. Really? Uh, <laughs> I want to maybe put in a cool, uh, a cool disclosure. The real disclosure project. Uh, See, logo or something. Alan over here is already looking for a way to profit off of this. Oh, no, no, it's just the, no, 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 I'm sure it's already been done. <laughs> Probably. You know, I, I just want the knowledge out there, and you know, I, right. I want to fund this radio show that we got here, and yeah. you know, make sure we have a good quality show each and every week. Yeah. Oh, we're doing that anyway. But uh, good thinking there, Alan. Good job. 
Jason, how'd you uh, get involved with uh, Open Minds, man? Quick segue. How'd you get involved with Open Minds? Well, uh, it kind of fell on my lap. I, I helped form the company. I was working uh, with another company, and uh, my boss came up to me and said, you know, I like UFOs. I want to start a magazine, have all these ideas. And it, uh, my eyes lit up, and I said, oh, tell me more. And <laughs> so, I mean, it just sounded, sounded fantastic. So, you know, we started pushing things in the right direction and eventually made the company a reality. But, you know, it... it for lack of a better better way to describe it, it fell on my lap. Right place, right time. The reason I ask is, I mean, your life, I'm sure, has uh, changed since you've uh, been involved with ufology, right? I mean, drastically changed, uh, at least in the perception of what people see when they see you. Um, and that goes, I think, across the board for everybody kind of involved in this field. But it, it doesn't when you have certain issues like this miragement stuff, I mean, doesn't that kind of uh, really take away from uh, the legitimate issues that we have to deal with within ufology and you know is it worse now because of stuff like this for people like yourself like myself like alejandro over here like alan to do these kind of shows you think this puts like another negative the stigma on ufology well you know it probably does but when you've i mean it's a sad state of affairs i mean if you've been in this field for and it, there are various levels of being in this field but uh if you've been somewhat active in the field and, and been researching in the field for a couple of years. Unfortunately, this kind of stuff you get used to and maybe a little numb to. Um, you kind of expect it. It's it's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, look, in the, in the last, uh, what, few months, we've had this come out now. And, of course, everybody has talked about Stan Romanek and what's going on with with that whole mess over there. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem uh, that there's either any credible people coming forward anymore or there doesn't seem to be anything uh, as substantial as the Roswell incident, for example. Uh, and, you know, now we have to look at everything with a real suspect eye, doesn't it? I mean, even videos on YouTube we can't take serious uh, because hoaxing, again, is uh, so widespread. Uh, why do you think people do this kind of, uh, these hoaxing? I mean, like you said, if there's nobody that was paying Dottie or was paying for, for, these, uh, for these documents to be made, why did they do it? I mean, they, that always bugs the heck out of me. Well, everybody's different. I mean, humans are weird creatures, and everybody has different motives. You know, I think for a lot of people who do that, it's it comes down to attention, uh, seeking attention. Um, but you know, I don't know if this is any different than a lot of other fields. And something that's fascinating about the UFO field as a whole is this. Some it seems like a desire to feel defensive about everything. Like we need to protect ufology, and we've got to watch out because that person's making us look bad. You know, and in doing so, I think that that reaction in itself makes ufology look bad because it makes it look clicky, like this small group of uh, of friends hanging out in a UFO club and don't talk bad about us. You know, it, I think it's much bigger than that. I mean, it, it's not this small closed-in group of curious people. It is what it is, you know. People want to know answers. People will research this stuff. And you're always going to have people out there who say stupid things, people who lie about things. But maybe some bigger things, like with Dodie and Benowitz, things that people have latched onto so strongly, if those things get shaken a bit, and with all of the hoaxed UFO videos, maybe positive will come out of that and force people to... Be more skeptical. Being skeptical is not a bad thing. You know, people need to 
really examine evidence yeah. and take a more scientific perspective in doing this. We can weed through all the crap because there is really exciting stuff out there to find and deserves to be researched when all this other garbage gets in the way. I completely agree. What do you guys make of the image uh, of Mars with the uh, the light uh, illuminating in the uh, background? There? Yeah, the light source uh, that's on the JPL photos. Um, oh, you know what? Alejandro I, just wrote about that today. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I've got to, because I, I caught, I think, a little bit of your conversation on that. And I'm sorry, Alan, but, you know, I think uh, that, uh, um, you know, there's you're bringing up some good points in that there were two cameras. And it was caught on one camera and not the other. There are examples of the same phenomena happening where it's caught on one camera and not the other. To stereo cameras, so they're taken at the same time. So uh, ah. if there is something okay, that I is I didn't have seen, an answer to that. I didn't know the yeah. answer to that. Now and we the get reason the they do that, because what if there was something for real flying across the screen? If they, got, if they both get an image of that thing, they can tell the distance of how far it is away. And that's the purpose between the stereo thing. So to me, uh, that all leads to some sort of anomaly. Uh, they're suspecting that perhaps uh, there's a break in the case. Uh, that's what the, the rover team is saying, and that's happened before where there's a light leak uh, when the light hits the camera right at the, the right angle. Um, it's funny yeah, because – Yeah, but right directly on the, uh, on the surface. I mean uh, – I'm sorry. When it, no, when, it, when the angle of the sun – is on the camera in the right place. And, you know, right. funny enough, this happens on my garage door opener. At the right time <laughs> of year, when the sun is hitting my little laser thing across the bottom, my uh -huh. garage door won't go down because it trips the laser thing. So I have <laughs> to stand and create a shadow over the laser so that my garage door will go down. So it's that kind of thing. The light has to hit it at the right intensity, at the right angle. Um, the other thing is a cosmic ray. Uh, mm -hmm. Cosmic rays happen in space. Uh, if a cosmic ray the hit cosmic the CCD, ray. that's uh, what you know, most scientists are are going with. Yeah, I, I I might give you the cosmic ray thing, but my objection to the cosmic ray is it is at a ninety degree angle from the surface of where it's being coming from or going to. So I find that really really statistically odd that. A cosmic ray is coming straight down, not from any other angle. And if it's, you know, it, it just doesn't seem. Well, I think that you, know, you are um, maybe not looking at the full picture and you're looking at cropped pictures. Because, for instance, the, the picture that we have on our front page, I cropped. So I put the anomaly in uh, the very center of the picture. Uh, I haven't if you seen that picture. Click on the story and you see the full image, it's actually in the upper left hand corner. Of the image, um, which funny no, but enough, I'm, yeah. But I'm saying it is literally a 90 degree angle perpendicular to. Well, the, we don't know that though. Actually, I don't. I don't. I, I that statement I don't agree with because um, we don't know that it would be at a 90 degree angle. Um, so, for instance, you know, if you cut away anything, uh, it's going to look. It's going to have a certain shape to it. This looks like something that could have swept and, and been going at a, a different. A, a, different angle than the 90 degree um we don't, i don't think we can tell from that image that it's a 90 degree angle but Personal. it is fascinating that most scientists are saying one thing and the rover team is saying something different that is interesting true i also threw out the question over there um do they have microphones on the rover as well too 
I'm just wondering. I don't, does anybody, do I, I don't believe in all of the uh, equipment I've seen on Curiosity. I don't think it is equipped with microphones, but I could be wrong. Okay, and ask some sort fun, of microphone. Why would we not? Why in God, if you believe in them, why in God's <laughs> name would we not put? We've got every other sensor on the thing. Why would we not put a microphone? Well, I think even more mysterious is there isn't uh, one of the things I was talking with. It can't. The rover can't detect life. It doesn't have a, a microscope that's capable of looking at that level to look at a microbe. So uh, all it can do is look for chemicals, uh, right. different chemical combinations that would indicate possible life. But if it found like this little gooey thing that it thought could be alive, it doesn't have a microscope capable of looking to see if there are little bacteria swimming around in there and stuff. I so, think that uh, they should have one of those. Yeah, I agree. Here's so how many billions are they going to spend before we can get that up there? That's the question. Yeah, I know, and it would take years now. Oh, we're, we're going to have it up there soon. And, Wait a minute. And, hang on, hang on. i got to ask the question. With, the disclose, with all the stuff we have access to, have we actually truly looked at the specs and how the rover was built? Are we sure that it's not on there? Is it possible, just by some chance, that there are some sensors and equipment on there that we're not aware of? Well, at least... Well, the people I've talked to are scientists who are familiar with the project um, or have even worked for NASA. I've, I've talked to a few scientists. Uh, you're kind of indicating some sort of secret equipment on there that uh, is unreleased to the public or something like that. No, I'm just I, saying, how hard is it to get a microscope that, you know, is it possible there is a microscope on there and they nope, just... not you know, according to the scientists and the astrobiologists I've talked to. Who's the brilliant person that decided not to put it on? Well, they felt they didn't have room and they didn't have... They, they opted to put on all this other equipment that would be able to get them to figure out if there are right chemical combinations and things like that. Uh, it's a for pretty complex reason. piece of machinery. Yeah. So that's what but, they... You know, but well, I, how, I think, yeah, but how, how, how do we even know that what they're telling us is true about that, though? I mean, they could have snuck it in there and, and just told us, well, we didn't put that, put that in there, so people don't ask that question. Well, that well, means I you would have to have lied to all of the scientific well, community internationally, but... Yeah, and I oh, know this, that's the, the, never happened some, before, really. <laughs> Sorry, but no, we've never been lied to before. Even the scientific community has never been lied to before. Well, well private I, companies will be on Mars soon enough. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, in fact, uh, isn't there supposed to be a plan, or there's a, an article that came out a while back where they were signing people up uh, to go live on Mars, and they had hit like, what, 200,000 signatures, people signing up? Well, Mars One is still that? still underway. They still plan to do that. They've gone through their astronaut selection process. Um, yeah, so that's still, I don't think it's quite on track with the timetable they laid out, but it's still happening relatively soon, and they are partnered with SpaceX to uh, be the technology to get them to Mars. So that's all the technology saying, right? exists, and uh, yeah, they, they plan to make it happen. It's all a matter of getting their money, and that's still questionable because they're still not fully disclosing how much money they have and how much money they need to raise. But I think they're going to do it. And it's a one-way well, trip, right? That's what Yes, that is correct. Ooh, well, I'll dangerous. become a... I'll happily, you know, go for my real estate license to sell real estate on Mars. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of land illegal. <laughs> it's, that's uh, actually illegal. You cannot do that. 
Really? Why is it illegal? I thought the moon was illegal to sell real estate on, but I didn't know about Mars. Who claimed that one? Nobody's claimed anything. It's the International Space Treaty. It's the only governing document right now for space law, and it prohibits the ownership of property on any celestial body. However, if you got on the craft, if you got part of Mars One, and maybe somebody's thinking of doing this, once you get to Mars... You can do whatever the hell you want. Who's That's right. Who's going to enforce it? Yeah, it, you can it, it comes start down your to own the government. Question of enforcing. There's nobody to enforce these laws, so it's going to be the Wild West. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are you going? What's going to be like the the government of five people? Because I mean, how many people are going to really be, be five in people. your government? It could be like <laughs> I am King Jackal, uh, the first king of the Mars colony. And there you, you go. all are now my subjects. And, well, and that's, my children. The first person who doesn't like it, you shove out of the... the <laughs> that's right. Space that's right. Space you can space do whatever you, you want. Send you out, we're yeah. shooting you out the airlock. Hey, speaking Old of school. that, has anybody seen this new TV show, The 100? No. No. That's aired on... Oh, it's just started to air on the CW network about um, a, hundred, uh, a couple of hundred years after um, the Earth had a apocalyptic crisis of nuclear devastation oh, all that the old space story. stations no no check this out <laughs> all the space stations interlocked into each other and only humanity survived up in space um combining their efforts of all the space stations together to create a community and they're now the plot line is is that they're sending they sent their delinquents uh, back down to uh, all the offspring and the delinquents uh, from up there, down to check out if it's okay to live on Earth or not. It's not a bad premise. Um, I don't know if anybody it, has any didn't Matt Damon do a movie similar to Elysium or something like that. It's called no Elysium. He was leaving to go up to the Dyson Sphere or the Dyson. Uh, right, but isn't that the same spring- premise? Of- well, that no, was no, not an apocalypse. It was kind of maybe an economic kind of apocalypse. Yeah, that was an economic right. breakdown. Yeah, somehow was- every California becomes America becomes like Mexico. I don't. I, that part I didn't get. I, <laughs> really, I thought movie. it was looking more like. And then Indian all the rich Mexico. people go up on a space station. So yeah, that part I do get. That's cool. <laughs> oh, by the way, can I just jump back to the Dulce New Mexico thing for a second? Got a question. What do you think about the supposed bases that are under? like the Denver airport and things like that. Does that possibly exist, or is that also disinfo? I don't think that's disinfo. I think it's crazy rantings from a bunch of goofballs, uh, (laughs) which this field is unfortunately fraught with. I mean, I I lived in Denver. I used to fly in and out. I was a corporate trainer uh, of that all of the time. Uh, The art pieces, for example... Uh, they were done by this, you know, Mexican American uh, artist. He has uh, the whole logic behind what he was going for when he did it, and it's mm-hmm. an evolution from kind of a fascism to uh, living and being peaceful with nature, uh, and that's what the artwork does. So people are focusing on these parts of like these fascist, militaristic type of stuff, but there's more to the painting to that. And, uh, you know, that was part of his image when he did this. Uh, There is, I mean, for every little uh, alleged piece of goofiness, uh, there are very clear answers for. And funny enough, uh, they are 
re- they're building this new train station at the uh, airport that goes to downtown Denver um, for some a light rail system, and it's real fancy and cool looking. I was just there for Christmas. It's really cool. But for the inauguration or, or for a halfway celebration, a halfway point celebration, it was all centered about around aliens and UFOs and their alien base under the the DIA. So they their whole marketing was kind of making fun of all of this and everything. They even had uh, the mayor calling like the ex-mayor and uh, they staged this phone call of, oh, hey – People found out about our, our base, and then they had this alien, this guy in an alien outfit, on the phone, and then it was pretty funny. So um, sounds like the Ronald McDonald Taco Bell commercial. But it's, <laughs> I mean, I I lived in Denver. I've I looked into all of these these things. Uh, the best story was done by the, a local paper, um, Westward. It's called. It's uh, the Village Voice paper of Denver. And they did a really long story where they did a great research into it. That's uh, one of the best pieces when it comes to that. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, there's uh, – well, fortunately, because some of the stories are pretty scary, but there's nothing to see there. All right, because I've seen – I remember going through the place, and I've seen the murals and all, but all these stories about multiple levels and the goof-ups supposedly in construction where they actually built out buildings further out on the uh, on the property that they've covered up, but they're actually still there and there might be tunnels to and from them and all sorts of other stuff. I'm like, you know... Yeah, well, here, here's yeah. the thing, though, Alan. Would it shock you that they have underground bases or underground tunnels within airports that deal with the airport itself? It has nothing to do with government or conspiracy or anything. Look, Walt Disney World in Florida has underground cities. Oh, yeah, well, so, true. I mean, in California, they have them also for Disney. And that's just Disney theme parks. And they're, you know, they have their own underground system. So I wouldn't be shocked if the airport does have something, you know, further underground that deals just with airport activity and stuff that goes on in the airport. Doesn't always have to be some sinister government plot. Well, and the well, lore is so big surrounding DIA that right. the local media there, you know, periodically when they're looking for revisiting that story they'll go and cover that story again and they'll take reporters down under the airport and tour around the underground facilities so they, they show it on tv all the time yeah it's, it's it's not like it's a dirty secret that they're trying right. to hide from the public okay uh, I'm, I'm just asking folks i just no no that's sure great i, yeah, I, I want to i want to yep. strap every single ufologist onto a lie detector and see <laughs> you know, i i I, I really, really do because some of the stories that come out of these people, I'm like, I just want to strap them down and just ask, ask one question: Are you telling the truth or not? What, what are your sources? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the hard part. What are the sources? So yeah, many I... people, the sources just suck. Well, I read it on the internet. This is one of the one things. And okay, now I feel bad for for saying something negative about you know. Uh, Steve Bassett, but it's one of the <laughs> things that frustrate me. And even when we did a panel at the conference, I asked him this, and I always ask him, "Well, what are your sources?" Because there are great sources out there. I mean, yeah. when you go to a congressman and you're going to say this is a real deal, this stuff's really going on, where are you going to point them to? He says the internet. It's all there on the internet. 
That's awful. Well, the yeah. going to go look that's, at the internet and say, this yeah. is ridiculous. You know, I was expecting him, you know, to say the Rockefeller document, the, you know, even some paper that's been done or go look at the Rendlesham Forest or some of these great, great cases or something like that. But, you you know, it all comes down to sources and, and that's really, really important. And uh, no one can really – point to the sources when it comes to the D. I think it was some guy who, just with a lot of imagination, who was walking through the airport and was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, you know, and and writes all this stuff. So, um, if there's a secret base, underground secret base, which would make sense, there would be. Uh, right. But it's not under DIA. I don't think it's under Dulce. Uh, I have no idea where it would be, and I think um, that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're, we're we're about to take a break in a minute here, but I do want to lead uh, off of the question that I want you guys to talk about when we come back. Uh, it's a story that you read also in the last show you guys did, uh, the Bill Clinton stuff that uh, that happened this past uh, week, uh, which was uh, really funny. He, he was, of course, on, uh, on TV, and he talked about Area 51. Uh, we're going to get your opinions on that when we come back from break, and uh, we're going to get more uh, to that. Again, open lines if anybody wants to call in, 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. This is Skywatchers Radio, and you're listening live on the Dark Matter Radio Network. We'll be right back, folks. being tied down to your computer but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go TalkStream live introduces our first ever iphone application the talk shows you follow now follow you and your iphone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the internet listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day seven days a week mobile talk radio from TalkStream live now available in the itunes app store Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. It might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Whoa. 
The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com You're listening to Dark Matter Radio Network. Everybody, we're back for the last segment of the show here on Skywatchers Radio, live again on the Dark Matter Radio Network, and of course PSN Radio. And we're going to give—I want to give a, a special shout out to uh, our good friends over at TalkStream Live, also who carry the show and uh, promote us over there. Bill Freeze and all of them do a really good job, so I like giving them a shout out every week. And of course, uh, the webmaster and the owner of Dark Matter, Mr. Keith Rowland, who's listening in right now and and wondering what that staticky noise is in the background. I'm sure that is actually a caller that we have on Keith, so you should be happy about that. We have a caller on the line who wants to ask our guests, Jason and Alejandro, a question here. Dan, you're on the line on Skywatchers Radio. Ask away, my friend. Welcome to the show. Good evening, gentlemen. When you brought up the issue of underground bases, there are two things that are very interesting that everybody tends to ignore. Is what do they do with all the dirt? No, I think that you're, you make a, a really good question there. Um, uh, some people say, like, there are some suspicions that there are some remote places, like in Colorado and stuff like that, where you know, in the mountainous areas, they're so remote that I could see you being able to drive trucks out there and drive trucks out with people not really knowing uh, where they were going. So, but you'd have to drive big distances. The problem with that, no, the problem with that though is truck. The amount of dirt that you would have to move is going to draw an awful lot of attention just because of the number of trucks you have to move. But if you're in a really rural place, I mean... That's even more, that's even more remote. Because anybody goes, what the hell are all these trucks doing out here? Well, if there's no one to see them... Yeah, there's always somebody to see You know, them. if it's remote enough, they could spread it all over the ground, and you're not going to yeah. notice it. Yeah. You know, the now same the way you have a salt spreader when it comes to snow, you have a yeah. spreader for the dirt that's in there as well, too. Massive yeah, no operation. And look, there's construction going on all over the place. I'm pretty sure they could get rid of the dirt. Now, here's, an, here's another idea. Everybody, you know, they've been talking about, for example, the, the high-speed underground railroad between the various bases. 
if you had any indication of where they, the routes might be, you could put seismometers along on the surface and, and detect any you know, strange anomalous uh, activity, say, 150, 200 feet below surface. Yeah, it, that's, it that's an interesting thought. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, actually interesting. I'd be curious to uh, look at the USGS. Um, you know, they have those earthquake maps that are running. Uh, yeah, all the time yeah. and constantly showing things. Uh, I, I'd be curious to actually see if there's. I think he's got a point there. I'd be curious to run that as a database to see what shows up. Okay, well, that's basically what I had to say. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you Thank for the you. call, Dan. Appreciate it. Okay. I'll call back in another day. Thank you, buddy. Okay, bye-bye. And I look forward to that email, by the way. That you sent anyway, gentlemen. Uh, it, interesting question, though. What, what do you guys think of uh, the question Dan posed there? Well, I, I'm sure that many people out there have offered answers before, speculated about this. Um, and I think I've even heard something about potential alien technology that played a role into it as well sort of somehow fusing the dirt and making it go away or something but it's all speculation oh, no, I have no, no idea. aren't you talking about that uh nasa tunnel boring machine that uh nuclear tunnel borer that actually takes the dirt turns it into glass and pushes it out to the side yes there you go okay i don't think it's al- i don't think it's alien tech i think it's our own tech that does that well we don't know that for uh- sure alan you're right. We don't, you know. We don't know. You know we don't know anything at this I point. Think they gotten the idea. Things that we thought we knew, we're finding out that we really didn't know anything, and we're we've been lied to. Or maybe we haven't. You're right. Dan. Or you maybe we haven't. You know. <laughs> exactly. And that's another question maybe here. We have, uh, maybe we have. What? Let's just say that all this stuff with Dottie is, uh, you know, he's making everything up, and everything was actually fact. Well, the the problem with that is, then how would he know so. these secrets? Um, especially given his background. I mean, I got a FOIA request for officially what his background is and when he was working where, so we know that information. So you, um, you think he's he's now telling the truth and, and he's honestly... Uh, well, he was really he working did. for the Air Force. That's in, and that's in several government or several Air Force documents that I have. His... Um, his military records and uh, also the uh, Benowitz, the official Benowitz files that I was able to get from the Air Force. So those are things that we know for sure. That's why if everything else he is saying is a lie, that means he was spreading lies for years as while he was working for the Air Force. And uh, they need to answer for that. Why were they allowing oh, yeah. this to happen? And if they didn't know he was doing it, how did they not know that this guy is spreading alleged hoax documents? I mean, how right. can a an OSI how could that agent? Go, how could that go under undetected under their nose? Exactly. I mean, yeah. And if it did, they need to send. They need to make an apology. <laughs> I mean, they need to make an apology to Benowitz family, and they need to say, you know, we screwed up. Uh, this guy was doing this. Uh, he was committing crimes uh, the whole time. He's supposed to be a an. Uh, an agent for special investigations which deals with crime so he's essentially supposed to be working in a law enforcement capacity um while he's committing crimes it's a crazy story i'm going to check out the mirage men movie uh in the next uh, few days here it, it, now you can view it on your website and you guys talked about yeah. it on the uh, yeah go to the, the website and uh on the right hand side you can scroll down and 
Uh, you'll see a, a little image there. Uh, well, it's a pretty big image of Dodie's face and uh, yep. yeah. Mirage Men. You just click on that and uh, you'll be able to watch it. Uh, they're charged seven fifty, I think, uh, to watch it. Um, yeah, and now, then you can also you purchase find it, out though, If you purchase it, can you multiple times? Can you watch it multiple times, or is it like a one-time thing and you got to pay another seven bucks? Well, I think I don't know to be honest. I think you have a period <laughs> of time because uh, I didn't. It's we. It's this other company that did it, and they asked us if we'd be interested in, in a, putting it on our site, and we said sure. Um, but uh, I think maybe it is. You're allowed to see it for a certain amount of time, like a rental. That. Yeah. So, gotcha. but you can buy the DVD also. Uh, that's going to be coming out in a couple months. Oh, cool. Um, so you can pre-order that as well. I'm definitely checking that out. Now, you know, before we went to break, I left off with a question that I wanted to uh, get to. And really not a question, but a story that came out this past uh, couple of weeks uh, with uh, former President Bill Clinton. Bubba has been in the news. And uh, he uh, talked about Area 51. <laughs> and, it, and it was funny to listen uh, to Clinton talk about Area 51. And then, he, you know, been asked uh, if he, you know, looked into the alien uh, you know, phenomenon and to UFOs and stuff. And he was pretty candid about what he did and what he looked into and and uh, he said that they found nothing but uh, in tongue-in-cheek. Do you think, uh, you know, Clinton knows and was told some stuff that might be real and knows more than he let on? Because that was a really interesting uh, conversation that he had. And, again, it was funny because he, he did quote Ronald Reagan in that very famous speech right. in the 80s. Uh, what do you guys think? I know I already heard it on the show, but for the audience hasn't, you know, heard your your take on the, on the whole thing, uh, you know, give us your take, and you know, each one of you. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go first just in that, uh, you know, that's what's funny. Kim will ask him, you know, I, he said, if I was, you know, going to be president, I'd run to the White House and tell them to tell me all about UFOs. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing I'd do. And he said, did yeah. you do that? And Clinton said, sort of, when actually it was more than sort of. Clinton did do that. Yeah. He goes on to say he didn't do it until his second term. But he did do that. He, uh, you know, has a quote that was in a book by a guy named w- William Hubble, who was mm-hmm. a friend of his. He told him, you know, he went to the Justice Department. He said, I want you to find out about UFOs and uh, who killed JFK. Hubble essentially said, I wasn't able to find out, you know. It's, it's... So Clinton did ask about Roswell. Uh, we had Ros- – the Air Force came out with Roswell responses during his administration, you right. know, saying yeah. they were mogul and and all of this other – you know, silly stuff because regardless of what you think about Roswell, the responses so far have been pretty bad from the. Oh, Earth. yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They well, and really the, the, the crash test dummies came out of that, didn't they? Yeah, crash test dummies because yep. they did two during his administration. Yeah. Um, but to your point, Clinton was pretty, he was candid, but he did say, I wouldn't be surprised. I think extraterrestrials are out there. He gave this whole mm-hmm. speech about how they're they're probably here. The universe is so big. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do come and visit us. And so far, I know of, and we put him on our website three different times where he's talked about UFOs and aliens. And every single time, he seems to leave it open to, he thinks UFOs are real or is open to the idea. I mean, there he says, I wouldn't be surprised if UFOs come. You know, I just hope it's not like Independence Day. Another time uh, that's a little more uh, is also well known. This was like in Germany where he's talking uh, to a crowd and he says, you know, little Timmy, he's reading a little a letter. Little Timmy asked me if uh, 
I know anything about Roswell and if there are aliens there. And he says, I don't know if there is. The Air Force hasn't told me, and I'd sure like to know. Again, you know, saying he wants to know about this stuff. And then in 2005 in Hong Kong, there's a Hong Kong UFO researcher who is able to record this or at least um, get this out. And they asked him about, you know, UFOs and aliens in Area 51. And he said, well, I did investigate a base in Nevada. Um, you know, they, the Air Force has told me there's nothing to any of these stories. But he says, I wouldn't be the first time or the first president. Um, I think I've got it right here. Essentially, he said he wouldn't be the first president that staffers would lie, would have lied to. So, again, he leaves it open that they told right. me there's nothing there, but maybe there is. They could have been lying to me. So every time he leaves it open. So he's definitely, I think, a UFO buff. Um, yes. So that it, which is pretty cool. But uh, interesting enough to just on the Area 51 real quick. You know, Area 51 really uh, came to be known during his administration too. And uh, right. even officially, yeah. you know, Area 51 employees were suing because uh, they were being made to burn chemicals and stuff like that. And they were dying and it was really sad. So they sued and uh, the Air Force kind of went to Clinton and said, hey, this is too secret. We can't tell you what we're doing and why. So Clinton, you know – Put in this uh, this decision. Uh, essentially, it's called uh, where it's an executive kind of order type of thing where they have to renew it every year to keep Area 51 and what they do their secret, uh, which unfortunately resulted in these people's lawsuit being thrown out. So they got no compensation for all of their wow. sickness. Um, but he never had said the word Area 51, even in this documentation. It's always the facility near Groom Lake. Uh, is how they refer to it. Right. So this is the first time I think that uh, he has actually said in public the term Area 51, uh, but he's not the first president to do it because just a few weeks ago um, Obama trumped him and Obama and said, said it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, with the, an awards ceremony that Shirley MacLaine was there and he said, Shirley MacLaine's the one I call when I want have questions about Area 51. And uh, everybody laughed, and he even said, I think I'm the first president to mention Area 51, which he is, because up until recently it was uh, officially classified. Right. Uh, classified, but again, it doesn't mean there's aliens, and, and Clinton was very adamant that there's nothing there alien-wise. Right. But again, do you think that Bill Clinton would be the kind of president that they would tell if you actually asked? Well, that, I mean, they were trying to the impeach thing. the guy. <laughs> I, I think he's being honest that he really wasn't looked- told, yeah. He wasn't told, and he's even skeptical himself. I think himself. because he's he only in for a everything. short amount of time. Yeah, these politicians, you're right. They're only yeah. in for a short amount of time. He even said that, you know. I wouldn't be the one, at first president, that career bureaucrats have lied to. That's what he said. Right. Exactly. Words, there are career bureaucrats. Right. There are career military that are there for the rest of their lives. Right. And you're just, you know, to the president, you're just here short term, man. You're going to be gone in either four or eight years. You don't need to know this. Yeah, I think he, I don't think he's satisfied that he's received all the answers. Yeah. Do you think there's any presidents have actually been told, like really been told in the last, uh, you know, 40 years? Crickets. Exactly. None. <laughs> That's a tough question. It's a tough question these days because I think Clinton went to go find out and he couldn't. He's the only president um, I know of who probably did that. Maybe Nixon did. Um, 
you know, him and Gleason were friends, and Gleason was into UFOs, so that's possible. But um, well, Reagan, and Carter Carter said he did, but who knows how much he really yeah. pushed the issue, right? Reagan, you know, said he was into UFOs. He, you know, he talked about this stuff, like you said. You know, Clinton was talking Reagan X type of stuff, and uh, right. So it's 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 hard to say, but you know what? Um, I, the the more I get into this, the more I research, the less I know. I think that a lot of old time researchers uh, now I understand what they mean when they say that. So who knows what they anybody knows to even tell them? Who would tell them what? Um, that's the hard question. So I is there something that someone knows to tell them? Maybe somewhere, maybe there was, maybe there isn't any more. So who knows? I, but whatever it is, he certainly doesn't feel like he was given answers. And no, um, if anybody, of course, had any, it would be uh, uh, the Bush, family. Bush Senior. Maybe yeah. not Junior because he's a goofball. But well, yeah, but uh, you, you're going to tell me that Daddy's on to tell his son, you know, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think Daddy yeah. told his son very much. I think Daddy bossed his son around and told him, here's what you do. You do this, you do if that. If you know you've got a goofball son who can yeah. barely tie his shoes, <laughs> you're not going to tell That's him information true. like that where he's going to go around and blab to people about it. That's true. I'm still trying to get over the speech where he said that humans and fish need to learn to coexist together. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even know of that one. That's oh, you haven't heard, you've never heard that speech? Yeah, I will say it to you. Oh, it yeah, is... that would be great. It is hilarious. It's uh, Bushisms uh, on YouTube. Uh, it is a very funny speech. Yeah, he actually says that human beings and fish need to learn how to live and coexist together in peace. The fish people of... I think he might have meant dolphins or whales. Oh, by the way, Jason knows I'm, I'm, I'm hoping how he... to say that moon, of uh, the moon of Saturn. Jason yes, because I was... You know, I was butchering that earlier. Thank you for bringing that up. It slipped my mind. You know, he told me during the break, and I've already forgotten. So, Jason, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you school me on air because I did butcher that name really badly, and and I'm okay when somebody uh, corrected me. So, please, uh, how do you pronounce the name of the moon? Well, this bothered me so much because I got made because fun of I a lot because words. I had no idea how to say it because I'd written about it so much. And right. writing, writing something and saying it are completely different things. So I actually had to talk to some scientists to find out how to say it. So don't feel bad. But oh, okay. it's, it's pronounced Enceladus. Enceladus. Yeah. Enceladus. So that's who Bush was talking about. Fish people of yes, Enceladus. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, Includus? Includus? I had no idea. I was yeah. way off. Enceladus. That's a weird. That's a cool name, though. Enceladus. Reminds yeah. me of Elysium. Yeah. 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 But it, what do you guys think of that story? I, that I, I, I wonder who made it. Some well, crazy can scientist. we sell real estate there? Can I sell Probably real not. estate there? No, you no. can't sell real estate, <laughs> Alan. Always thinking of way to make over it. There's no always way. Look, just, just always thinking of years. Give it a always few years, of, and yeah. we'll be able to do it. Because the problem with space law is that it hasn't been revisited right. since like the '60s, when the treaty was drawn up. And back then, space was thought of as this faraway thing that we're never going to get to anyway, so we don't really need to take this seriously and worry about all these complicated issues that will come up. So there's so many things that now that space is a reality and becoming even more so every day, they're going to have to sit down and rework a treaty, come up with something new, basically scrap the old one, come up with something new that's more realistic 
and does and Robert Bigelow, uh, Bigelow Aerospace, is actually pushing this issue right now because he wants to. Well, and he's he's got plans with NASA to put a base on the moon. So they, the issue for him that he's trying to push is look, a private company like mine and all these other private space companies, we need to make money. And by not allowing us to own property on something like the moon, that takes away our incentive to do it. We need to have a monetary incentive. So if we're not able to make money, why are we going to invest our billions of dollars into putting something up there that we don't get to own anyway? Yeah, well, his other point, which is great, and this is why he said we need to figure this out right now, is if I build a base that we're going to put on the moon, where am I going to put it? I have to put it on some land, and I've got to know the rights to the land that I may have. Well, Who he also – Who to for those yeah, rights? He, he, there's, there's no answer to that question, and his other point is that you know, if we don't figure this out, China goes up there and establishes yeah. a base and yep. just says we're doing this. Who's going to stop them? There is right. no, I yeah. mean, th- there's no enforcement. There are no rules. It, it, that's why I said the shouldn't Wild the, West. Shouldn't the United Nations get involved and actually, you know, talk about this and, and make this an agenda where they could Well, they really need to, to because, yeah. you know, people have liked to ignore it because, again, it seemed like this lofty, you know, far away sci-fi type thing that we don't really need to address because it's not going to happen. Right. Well, newsflash, it's, it's happening now. So. Well, here's the other problem is that the U.N. does have space rules, and the U.S. Mm. walks all over them. So the there U.S. has been like putting weapons in space and all of these other things, and we've been just walking all over them. So. Well, and that's the problem. I mean, you, you've got no enforcement. You've got no rules. You've got these treaties that some nations have signed on to, but not everybody has. So, again, I mean, it's, it's just chaos waiting to happen. Yeah, it's the Wild West all over again. and But I do think Enceladus is very exciting uh, from an astrobiological perspective, um, as are many moons in the solar system. I mean, I get excited about all these potentially habitable worlds that we hear about outside of our solar system. But our solar system is incredibly exciting on its own. I mean, I think there's Definitely. tons of life right here. So Yep. That's what I was saying earlier. I think we're going to find out when we start really looking deep into some of these planets and moons and stuff in our very own solar system. We're going to find life, all kinds of life. And I was even saying animal-like life like we see here on Earth. Uh, maybe even like, you know, Alan and I was talking about earlier, maybe humanoid life. You never know. Uh, carbon-based, uh, silicone-based life. Well, you know, there's all kinds of different, uh, thinking outside the box there, but there's all kinds of different forms of life that could exist. But I think, uh, you know, looking at the moon, especially the moons of Saturn, is a very interesting idea because... Because doesn't the, the planet itself like radiate heat, which would allow the, the moon to have some sort of life possibly on it? Well, there are a lot of things that come into play with these moons that, uh, although they don't fall into the traditional habitable zone, right. uh, yeah, they do have elements that strongly suggest that life can exist there. And it, you're exactly right. You know, there are places for life as we know it, but they're and life like us, but there are also many strong indications that places, uh, other moons might have like methane-based life or other, other forms because there's so many different forms of, of uh, liquid out there, not just liquid water. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Li- liquid methane. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, like, like we said, this could be life in any uh, form out there. It's funny because a lot of people think, oh, well, life has to be exactly like the way it is on Earth. 
And that's that's really like a pigeonhole that a lot of even scientists fall into, uh, sadly enough. Uh, now they're opening up more of the possibilities of different kind of lives. But even, uh, for example, the SETI program, you know, they look for signals that, you know, are similar to what we would put out there. You know what I mean? And that's not thinking outside the box. Uh, what do you guys think of SETI, for example? I mean, they haven't really, you know, caught anything. Well, I well, think you're right. And if you look at the documents, even at their inception, they got criticism for well it's a it's a valid effort it's a worthwhile thing to do but we shouldn't use radio waves cuz right. we're already moving off of radio waves so even back then they were looking for other options and now we have a scientist who got a grant to start looking for laser communications uh he says he's even looking for a laser internet Oh, that wow. might be out there some laser based internet space internet that you could tap into that'd be cool that would be very fast huh very cool yeah, so I mean, talking about SETI and talking about scientists f- focusing on uh, life as we know it, you know, not looking for other types of life, uh, you know, I, I like to get frustrated with that because I want them looking for everything because I'm convinced there are an infinite variety of life out there. But, you know, you can't look for everything. We only know what we know. So. I understand why scientists focus their search on life as we know it, because what else are they going to look for? They don't know to look for particular signs of some unknown life form. And SETI, you know, if they're not going to do it, then we're just crossing one thing off the list. I mean, I, I guess it's good. If, if they want to do it, they're doing it. That's good. I think targeting Some, as many as many it. ways as we can yeah. yeah i mean that increases our possibility of finding life so it, how long has SETI been in business now how long because i know they've been around for at least a couple of decades a few decades now i forget when frank drake started it yeah i'm not sure i think um i'm gonna guess the 80s i guess i could uh check out at least 30 years wikipedia right. here <laughs> the internet, our best friend. Oh, I think, it, I think, it, was, I think it was the seventies, at least. Yeah, it has to be at least three decades, maybe four decades. Uh, and they really, and I know that you know the, the signal that would mean something. They call it the wow signal, right? That's uh, right. That, that's the name for it. But they haven't really had any wow signals in thirty, forty years. So uh, yeah, it might be time for them to start thinking a little bit outside the box, a little bit more outside the box. Uh, do you think the study will ever really catch anything? Honestly. It's always possible, especially if they they adapt and stop relying just on, uh, you know, radio signals. But that's the thing. I mean, SETI does a lot more. They're very active right. in astrobiology, and they're they're the SETI scientists are actually contributing uh, to other efforts, like sifting through the data collected by Kepler Space Telescope. So they've been integral in making some of the planet discoveries. That's interesting. Hmm. Uh, yeah. 1971 was when uh, they started with SETI. Oh, Interesting, wow. huh? Yeah. yeah. Not a wild so. signal yet. Yep. But it is what it is. Uh, SETI is a good program, though, so we definitely should uh, keep supporting SETI. Now, uh, have you guys ever ran the uh, SETI at home? No, no, I've never done that. Never done that? I'm I had... using all of the uh, computer processing power. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. yeah, I need all. I don't like want anything clogging my machine down. You know, it's funny because I actually ran that on my uh, old computer uh, yeah. for about a month, and it really does slow your computer down immensely. Wow. Yeah, it really. Well, it was an older computer, so it might have been the the computer itself. But uh, it is. It, it well, is hell, good software, since it's so. peer, 
Well, since it's cloud computing at its original first, I think is that the first original cloud computing shared distribution uh, that's ever been out there. I'm just wondering. It's probably um, one of the earliest. But also, what I'd also say is. Can you imagine if we got all the used and old computers that are sitting in people's closets or storage and collecting dust and just let it run for SETI at home? Can you imagine how much power we would have to process all the data that's coming in? Yeah. I mean, there's just an infinite pile of data that comes in, also collected by a Kepler Space Telescope. I mean, it's going to take them years and years to get through all that data, and it's not collecting data anymore, so... But the scientist Alejandro well, mentioned, Jeff, Jeff Marcy, is really exciting because he's a mainstream scientist. And, yeah, he got two grants. One was t- to search for that laser-based alien Internet. And the other was to search for alien spacecraft. It's the mainstream giant. scientist. And yeah. this is, these are two grants he got to actively do this. So it's really exciting. That's really cool stuff. Speaking of aliens uh, or spacecrafts, um, have you guys seen uh, the Mona the Mona Lisa alien video that's been on the internet for the last few years? Uh, I don't it's know. Oh, the Apollo twenty, the Apollo twenty footage. Uh, oh shows yes, yes. The alleged Mona Lisa alien. We've talked about this on the show before, and uh, it's an intriguing video, especially one of the shots you can see an astronaut's face flipping the camera around. Uh, as it pans over to the uh, supposed alien uh, laying on the on the uh, table, uh, what do you guys think of uh, that video? Have you guys seen it? I personally think it's silly, and uh, if I remember correctly, when I first looked into it, like years ago, or when it came out, uh, there was a source for it. It was some sort of Italian TV show or something like that that put it together. So I can't remember the details, but um, uh, I've always thought it was kind of silly, personally. I don't really have an opinion about it. <laughs> well, I could tell you this. One, one thing I could definitely tell you about this. My girlfriend's uh, father. That's your girlfriend in a, the video? No, 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 no. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm not into grannies. Uh, I'm not into aged <laughs> and uh, well-seasoned. Um, I like them nice and young, uh, you know, in their 20s or so. Uh, but thanks for asking. Um, but what I want to point out is my girlfriend, actually, her father used to work for NASA. And he said, wh- whoever did do this, um, they had to have filmed it in a LEM module because he verified for me. Th- and I could get him on the show in the next couple of weeks if you want. Um, he verified for me that whoever filmed it, uh, the video had to have been taken in a LEM module because there's no way they could replicate every single nook, cranny, and button and switch that was shown on that video. Why not? Uh, too time-consuming and uh, getting all the right colors from the right manufacturers and everything. I had this whole argument over at dinner with him. You know, it, it, it's just virtually impossible to you know f- literally frame out the sheet metal to literally make it. In- to make it to spec would have taken a monumental effort. Some people have a lot of free time. Yes, that's true. Look at the guys who put together the alien autopsy video, Alan. Okay, exactly. yeah, I'm looking at it, and you know, yeah, half the stuff you could get at a prop shop in Hollywood. Getting a LEM module, eh, not as easy. I have another friend who actually has made a replica for his web series of the original uh, USS Enterprise from Star Trek. And I know what it took for him to put that together for his web series. Hmm. Um, And it was way, way expensive. A lot, a lot of time put into it and a lot, a lot of people involved. 
people will talk. This this Mona Lisa thing, I don't know if it's smoke and mirrors or not, but I'll tell you this. They had to whoever did do it, um this Lem module that they used to film it, uh had to have been pretty much real deal. But that's just that's my thought. Oh. We're going to have to look more into that, uh, I guess. Uh, we, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time left in the show, but I want to ask you guys, uh, you know, what's coming up on uh, Open Minds? What do you guys got cooking for the next uh, couple of weeks? Next couple of weeks, more of the same. I mean, we really, Jason and I, we don't know what we're going to typically, we don't know what we're going to write about when we go into the office that day. Uh, we go search, and we like to have everything fresh and brand new. Um, so we go search and find stuff. So... Um, I don't know what I'm writing about tomorrow or the next day. I'm, we'll go in and, and find something. But we do have uh, – I have in the cook in the cooker, which is just funny that this Mirage Man thing came out right now. We're working on all of this stuff that I've talked about with Dodie. We're going to be releasing uh, very soon here. Oh, very cool. So including documents that uh, you know I had to get for FOIA through FOIA requests or through other research – uh, I've been researching this literally for years, but really hardcore the last year or so. Um, and so documents that I don't think others have ever seen, bef- most other people haven't ever seen before. Um, I think even some of the seasoned researchers, uh, and I know the, uh, the Mirage Men guys hadn't seen some of this stuff. Very cool. Got to keep our eyes on that. Um, Jason, how is it working with Alejandro over here on a, on a weekly basis? He's a good guy, huh? You'll have to ask me that when I'm on without him. <laughs> oh. But no, you guys really that's when the Jason, truth will come out. <laughs> Jason's yeah. on that Hangar 1 TV show. Yeah, he is. Let's talk about that for a minute. How is that going? Because it's a great show. In fact, Alan over here uh, is the first one who mentioned that show to me a while back. He's like, man, you had to see the show Hangar 1. Yeah, it actually came out pretty well. People are uh, are liking it, and I haven't heard much about actual numbers, but uh, I know at least the few few episodes were beating Ancient Aliens, so that says something. But uh, it does. Oh, that's get... right. You guys are you guys on the same time slot? Ancient Aliens leads into it, so it's the same channel as Ancient, Ancient Aliens. Alien. Yeah. So Ancient Aliens, uh, when their right, episode so ends, that, then yeah. ours starts. So yeah, so it's. An interesting yeah, show. They've got some. What's that? I was saying they're in reruns. You're spank- brand spanking new. Which reminds me, how many episodes are you planning on doing for a season? We shot eight episodes. Six have aired, so two more are left. Oh, two okay. More. Yeah, cool. and Ancient Aliens, especially I think on our premiere episode, uh, it was a new episode of Ancient Aliens. So it was a new episode of Ancient Aliens followed by a new episode of Hangar One. So that really helped us. But it's yeah. it's funny that the response, you know, a lot of people get fixated on on small things. And I admit I was fixated on this small thing too. And that's the whole premise of the, the name, Hangar One, because the show starts out and explains that MUFON has this hangar called Hangar One where they store all their files. And I was like, this is kind of silly. They don't have a hangar <laughs> called Hangar One. How Nobody's going to believe that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. They do actually great. have a hangar, and it's actually called Hangar One in Ohio, and that's where they keep their archives. <laughs> and it is a great name for a show, Hangar One. Yeah, yeah, so they went with it. That's very cool. Uh, again, uh, guys, uh, the website is openminds.tv, and uh, your show airs on PSN Radio, of course. We play the, uh, the podcast, but uh, you guys also put it on YouTube as well, and uh, you know, it's all over the Internet, really. Any other uh, websites you want to give out uh, before we uh, go off the air? No, openminds.tv is it. And the, and our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash openmindstv. 
Yeah, and go. if you haven't been there, you know, we put on literally the largest UFO conference every year in Phoenix. Uh, it's in, and usually in, uh, you know, late February, early March. So we haven't set the date solid, but keep an eye out for it, the UFO Congress. And, uh, you got to reserve rooms early because the, the main hotel sells out. And this year, the whole town was sold out. So, uh, oh, wow. the town we have outside of, because it's in this little town just outside of Phoenix. You can stay in Phoenix. It's not that far from from there. But if you want to be close, uh, get in early. But you have to check that out. We always have you know some really cool speakers. Yeah, me and Alan have to fly out there next year and uh, take for part. sure. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Looking forward you, to that. Yeah. Are you still doing any uh, stuff with Mufon uh, Alejandro, or, or is that? Uh... Yeah, we past. worked pretty close with them. Um, just because, you know, I focus on promoting open minds and everything. Uh, but we work super close with them. In fact, you know, we're contacting – I talked to Jan, the, guy, the new director, on a regular basis. Um, we interviewed him recently about Hangar 1. That's how we found out about the, the Hangar really existed. Uh, you know, they've got us on their front page. We've got them on ours. So, and we're writing stories on them all the time. So, yeah, we we work really closely with Mufon. That's that's uh, that's cool, man. I thought that maybe uh, you guys weren't working as closely with them, but Mufon is still very important. Not at all. Uh, the overall field. So, everybody, please support yep. Mufon. Uh, guys, we're all out of time. Unfortunately, we have to have Alejandro and Jason back here very soon because you guys are awesome to talk to. Alejandro, you're one of my favorite people, man. Love having you on the show. And uh, Jason. For that. Just met you on the phone first time. I've, I've known you on Facebook, and it's been an honor to have you on the show, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have you back on real soon. Love That'd you guys. be awesome. And, uh, Thanks for having us, and good to finally meet you. Yeah, man. Keep up the great work. Uh, we love reading your articles. Yeah, it was so great please, talking with you guys. Absolutely. Please keep writing the thousands of articles you guys write per year because we, we're going to keep reading them because they're just they're awesome. Give us a lot of stuff to talk about. So, uh, yeah. for uh, the uh, the you know the, the crowd here, open minds uh, people. Uh, thank you for listening into uh, the show and uh, listening to Alejandro and Jason. And uh, for everybody on Dark Matter Radio Network, I want to thank you. I want to thank everybody uh, on Talkstream Live. Also, I want to thank Keith Rowland, Nancy Burns, Bill Burns, and everybody who uh, supports Skywatchers Radio. We're going to be back next week with another exciting episode of Skywatchers Radio. And you guys know who we're going to have on next week. Um, the Mona Lisa Alien. I would love to interview her, but I don't think she's much of a talker. <laughs> no, she's got to Lance... get through immigration first. So okay, that's yeah. There's that also. No, but we're gonna have Lance Burton on next week. So please check out that interview, uh, Lance Burton, uh, the author of Blood and God. Really cool stuff, guys. We're all out of time. Take care, everybody. Skywatchers out.